Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Self-Published Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Pearson, and I'm joined today by my husband. Hi, I'm Nolan. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Thor Ragnarok. I did find the movie schedule that we didn't have last week. And so, all right, so we'll be talking about Thor Ragnarok this week, and then next week is Lars and the Real Girl, then Jurassic World 2, then Casino Royale, then Hunger Games, then 10 Things I Hate About You, and then Finding Forrester. These are good movies. I'm glad we picked them. <laughs> go us. Go go us. And uh, let's see. I've finally been able to dig back into the book work today. I, was, I have... Sometimes I can't write my books unless I have titles for them and book covers for them first. So I've now got titles pretty much for all the rest of the books in my Coven Chronicles. So feeling pretty positive about that. And I've got... Yeah, just trying to get everything under control, you know. Um, update on the house that we're flipping. I don't like our handyman. <laughs> He's listening to our podcast. He's listening. Everybody knows about our podcast in the whole world, Andrea. Everybody knows. So we've discovered that it's hard to find people who are honest and hardworking and reliable and affordable. He charges a lot of money for being very incompetent. So if you want to flip houses, $60 an hour for a handyman is way bad if he's incompetent. I finally handed it off to Nolan. Nolan's a lot better at being... Um, yelly. Yelly than I am. <laughs> I am very... I tend to be very diplomatic and avoid contention too much. Anyway. I've had to learn to just tell people to shut up and do it. I think it's also part of your personality. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so let's see. So we're going to go ahead and give the quote. Do you want to go ahead and read that? If you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. And that is by... By Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar. Yeah, if you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. How come you picked that one? Um, you know, I mean, you don't know what to aim your, aim your uh, work at if you don't have a goal. Like, yeah. what specifically mm -hmm. are you trying to do? Write a book? Yeah. You know, what kind of book? When? When do you want it done? That's a huge one yeah. that... That's, people you know, usually mess up. Oh, I've been world building for X number of years. Mm -hmm. You're not a writer. You're a dreamer. Yeah. And you can spend your dreams. <laughs> no, you can't. So <laughs> You can't spend your dreams. <laughs> um, so maybe actually write a book, even if it sucks, and then fix it. Yeah, because if you don't write and don't finish something, then you will never get better. Be, you don't progress. Be a reviser, not an author. <laughs> How's that for some... Yes. Dropping some uh, knowledge on you. My favorite thing is when people say, oh, I've always wanted to write. I'm like, well, you've always wanted to write and someday they're like, and someday I will. I'm like, no, someday never comes unless you actually are like, okay, I'm doing it. You know? Anyway, I like that. If you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. So set solid goals and um, achievable goals, attainable goals, or make them just slightly out of reach so that you are actually getting, you're actually working towards something. Because if you set goals that are always achievable, you will never never fully grow. That's my feeling anyway. All right. So the tip for, and Nolan nodded. So solid advice. <laughs> they can hear me nodding. <laughs> Is your brains rattling? Are they rattling in your head? I'm a little dehydrated. So yeah. Yeah. He's still a little bit sick. Actually, he started getting sick again. That was really exciting. Yeah. I love allergies. It's the best time of year. Yeah. Seeding grass and ragweed. Uh, yes, that's right. And I've had a rough week the last week i've had a sinus infection and so the last time we recorded i was just getting sick and now i'm finally just starting to get better speaking of which nolan if i raise this that means finish your thought so i can blow my nose oh you've got your own, own. tissue i've got my own <laughs> too bad i'm gonna cut we that are... out because that's funny why leave it in <laughs> should i leave it in where yeah all right everybody i've got toilet paper here and when i raise it it means i got it we've got to stop so i can blow my nose and then nolan raised his own toilet paper <laughs> it was hidden <laughs> i didn't see it yeah. that's amazing we're we're yep. in sync we are we're not in sync you know i'm no, not we could jt be. why not we could be you're right <laughs> i could totally i can sing almost as well as some of them it's true actually <laughs> Uh, it's Backstreet Boys that are actually very good singers. You know, I they individually sing decently. Yeah. I don't say, I don't think, I don't believe the same of NSYNC. Anyway, that's off topic. <laughs> Is it? It's entertainment. entertainment. Good point, yes. I mean, now that we cover all things entertainment, but you know. <laughs> anyway. All right. We are going to talk about, we're going to continue our, uh, let's see, our book cover tips. So 
And today we're going to talk, I'm going to talk about finding cover designers and finding basically inspiration and stuff like that. So Mark Coker is, who's the creator CEO of Smashwords has a list of cover designers who charge $35 and you can just Google that. You just Google Mark Coker or Smashwords cover designers and things like that. And they charge around $35 and more. I'm sure some of them will charge more than that, but it's, it's a place to go to. Then you can also go to kboards.com. They have a yellow pages that has an, a pretty decent list of designers. And you can also do searches for pre-made book covers on Google because many designers are willing to tweak for a cost and it's, it's a great way to find cover designers and pre-made ones sometimes will actually work really well. There are some very, very nice pre-made book covers out there. You can also Google, Google book cover contests and check out the judges. And one of them may be what you're looking for. So check out the judges and their work and things like that. And Let's see. And let's see. Okay. So go to deviantart.com. Actually, Nolan, you introduced me to deviantart. And I mean, why would somebody want to go to deviantart? Uh, they have a board for commissions. So oh, some people do. I didn't know this. <laughs> uh, cover art there. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, at least they did. It's been a couple of years since I've been there, but you can specifically look for artists that you like and then contact them and see if they do book covers, but they also have a section for commissions and some of them specifically do book covers. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. So you can go there for that, which I didn't even have on my list here because I didn't know that, but you can go there for backgrounds and inspiration, custom illustrations. So consider approaching an illustrator and pay them for their artwork, which you can then use to use, use to create a book cover. And cover designers do hang out there. Uh, Nolan used to hang out there quite a bit. Uh, I used to do art. All the time. Those were the days. We want to get back to those days. I, and they hear me nodding. It's fine. He's nodding. Yes, they heard him. They heard that. <laughs> All right. So you can also go to 99designs.com. It's a site where designers compete to be chosen for a project. And I'm very, I hate competition and contention and anything like that. I don't. And so I've never used it just because I don't want to have to choose between like some of my author friends have had very, very nice covers they've had to choose between. And I just I would hate that. I don't like being like, hey, cover designer, you just spent 10 hours on this, but I'm not going to pick your design, you know, but it is a very viable place for book covers. So if you don't care about that, then if you don't care about people's feelings, <laughs> go to 99designs. <laughs> And so authors pick a price point and they get a number of designs for that amount. If an author is willing to spend about 350, they'll get a very professional, they'll get very professional options from those competing. And then another thing you can do is check out the top selling books in your genre on Amazon and see if they credit their cover designer. So go use the look inside design, you know, look inside feature. If they don't consider contacting them, basically look for covers that you like that are in your genre and that fit the fill of your book and then contact those, those cover designers. So next week we'll talk about best practices and that's a huge, huge chunk. So I'm going to be splitting that up between a couple of episodes, if that's okay with you. It is. Okay. So I already gave the schedule and I'm going to go ahead and read an excerpt from Alice's book. And it is from the novel Tenants of Seven Sea. It's Heaven and Earth Book One by Alice Dagan or Deegan. Alice, I apologize. I didn't know how to say your name ahead of time. And I'm going to go ahead and read that with my, un, you know, I'm, I was an act, I did take a lot of drama classes and I do have a lot of stage experiences, but I am not a narrator and I should have given that, ex, that exclamation disclaimer. Disclaimer. Yes. Last week. Use a fake British accent. <laughs> I don't, I can't even do fake any accents. <laughs> I'm, I am good at telling you where an accent comes from, you know, but not coming. I'm not good at doing accents myself. I can do a Utah accent. Really good. Oh, good. Though I'm not even good at Utah accents because no. I say mountain instead of mountain. <laughs> hurricane. <laughs> hurricane. I do say hurricane, right? And Hooper. <laughs> hurricane is a city in Southern Utah. It's actually, you know, spelled hurricane, obviously, but it's a beautiful little city. Layton. Layton. I say Layton, but whatever. Anyway, I'm going to read now. To Nick, who had been used to a household filled with older brothers, it was strange to live in an apartment with only one other person. It was weirdly quiet. Then there was his roommate. Rose had explained that Takehiko had come out of a 400-year-old painting and wasn't entirely used to life in this century. Nick had, been thus, had thus been vaguely prepared for someone who said thee and thou and thought that the television was witchcraft. Takihiko was not like that at all. He dressed like a fashion magazine and got, had gotten further in Final Fantasy XIV than Nick. 
Every so often, though, he would come out with some weird question. For instance, Have you ever been to Mars? Where? Nick's first thought was that he was talking about some downtown club. It seemed like the sort of thing he might ask about. Mars, Takihiko repeated. The Mars colony. Have you been there? No. I don't even know what you're talking about. Is it not well known? I saw a television show where people are talking about it. They said there's a revolution in the Mars colony, I think, and I wonder if you've been there and what happened. Okay, I think you are watching a science fiction show. What does that mean? It means it's made up. I know that. I'm not stupid. I know that the people are actors. Yeah, and the story's not real either. There was no revolution on Mars? There's no colony on Mars. There's no aliens. There's no hyperspace drive. There's no intergalactic whatever. It's science fiction. Are you sure there's none of these? Or is it like werewolves, maybe, that other people think there are not, but really there are? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sure. I mean, yes, there could be aliens, maybe, but nobody knows about that. And what you saw was definitely science fiction. It sounds like it was probably Babylon 5. Yes, that is the name of the place. The... The... The space station. The made-up space station. Oh. The idea is, it's supposed to be in the future. Oh, I see. Because of time travel. What? No, there's no time travel either. Then how do they show all of those things? It's not real. It's all computer graphics and stuff. Hmm. He appeared to think about this for a while. Then he said, But there are really people who are all fake like puppets with their brains inside, yes? What? With their, um, cyborgs? Yes. No? No? No, I think you need to stop watching the Space Channel. I'm trying to learn about the world. Also, I saw a show with giant lizards. I think this is science fishing as well. Giant dragon lizards, but not smart like real dragons, just stupid like animals. You don't mean dinosaurs, do you? Yes, I do. Well, they're not science fiction. Didn't you listen to the show? Dinosaurs are real. I mean, where are they? Nowhere now. They lived lived way in the past. No, I lived in the past, and I have never seen them. Way in the past, millions of years before you were born. Millions of years, but there is no time travel. No, people dug up their bones and stuff. Oh, yes, they said this in the show. I see. I did not know why they were always talking about bones. So, science fishing is in the future. Dinosaurs are the past. You can't tell when I'm joking, can you? (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of fun. I probably should have read it through ahead of time. I don't know if I said Takehiko correctly, but if it's a Japanese name, Takehiko would probably be how it's pronounced. Take, Takehiko. That was my Glenn, my brother, and Michael, my other brother, who both went to Japan. <laughs> I don't I don't remember my siblings, apparently. It's a good thing they don't listen to our podcast. Oh wait, dang it, Josh does. But Josh isn't one of those two, so it's fine. It's true. It's true. And he speaks German anyway. Yes, so. he does. <laughs> anyway, are you ready to start talking about our movie? I am. We had some discussions while we were watching it yesterday, and I was like, no, stop it. Stop it. That's for the podcast. It's, uh, I, I love this movie. We're going to get I, that out of the way first. Is that what you're saying? Um, but they commit the cardinal sin at the same time of my least favorite movie mistake. It's true. We will get into it, I'm sure. We will. I'll, I'll get into it. I'm going to get into it. I'm going to get into it. With the director. Um. <laughs> Taika. He's like. Taika Wachiti or whatever his name is. Yeah, he's he's like I listen to your podcast and uh, <laughs> what you said really like hurt my feelings. <laughs> and I'll be like, it's the truth. The truth can be cruel. It can, it can be, be hard. It can heartless. be a hard thing. But that's how we grow. I mean, I admire you and your work, but that was a big, big mistake. I feel like and we're role playing because you're way the millions about this. The millions of dollars that you made. And the success of the movie aren't as important as my approval. Jeez, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and he's going to be like, you're right. <laughs> oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he's like shrugging like, yeah, so. <laughs> anyway, so go ahead and tell us a, a bit about a couple of the characters. Thor. Is Thor really in Thor Ragnarok? Thor isn't. Thor is the, the titular character. It's true. Um, he's quite a bit different than in some of the other movies. It's it's much more lighthearted, mm-hmm. much more quirky humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director um, is the reason, since yes. he is a comedian. Yep. A comedic actor himself. Mm-hmm. He hangs out with uh, Jermaine from Flight <laughs> of the Concords. Oh, that's um, so good. And that sort of thing. So, you know, he does funny stuff. 
Mm-hmm. But apparently he's also good at directing action because there's explodiness that is very, very... Uh, Plausible in, in a uh, explodey science fiction fantasy t- way. Yes. Um, yeah. My uh, my opinion of this movie is he should have directed... Um, oh, uh, dang it. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 instead of whoever did it. Oh, did you um, not like Guardians of the Galaxy 2? I did, but I think he strikes a much better tone of what Guardians of the Galaxy should feel like. Compared like the first one type? Yeah, it felt more like the this felt more like the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie in tone and you know, it's a very uh more science fictiony mm-hmm. type movie than the previous Thor movies where it doesn't You know what I mean? I do. And the other ones the were based is... a lot on Earth, so that changes. Yeah, yeah. So the feeling is much... It feels like the setting is much more Guardians but feeling. But I, I feel like if they hadn't... I mean, the other ones could have been more serious because they had Earth in them. And a lot of people won't watch a movie that's only based on other planets. It's it's a... This one is. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, so he put in the comedic, you know, they yeah, they yeah. wanted to pull people in well, for I'm other reasons. I'm fine with that. I'm just saying... I'm not saying he shouldn't have directed this movie per se, but I'm just saying like... The tone struck in this movie would have been better. Also in okay. Guardians. Okay, better also, but not better instead. Because yeah. I love, I will tell you right now, this is one of my all-time favorite movies. I love this movie. We were, we've watched it several times recently, very recently actually. And we were just going to fast forward through, you know, parts of it and just watch the key things for the our note taking for the podcast. But we ended up watching the whole thing because it's a fun movie. It's engaging and enjoyable. It uh entertained me <laughs> i got really close to the mic yes i want tell. you to hear this i need you to entertain me with the entertainment <laughs> that you make for me to be entertained by <laughs> you'd be surprised no you wouldn't you wouldn't they would um like we watch more tv than ever not us though because we hardly watch ever like the only media we really consume is for this podcast like yeah, i don't watch especially. any other movies so like once a week we watch a movie yeah and then sometimes um, kids shows <laughs> with kids. the kids like so I, I totally we did watch Legally Blonde the other day. That's true. I totally know my alphabet like over rock, and over rock inside solid and out <laughs> now and shapes and colors. How are you with numbers, though? Uh, my colors are good and my numbers are also that's what my daughter asks me when I come home. From How work. are your colors doing? Like they're good. <laughs> how are your feelings they're good how was your work i mean she has you know she likes she's me so about cute. my day she's so cute i might be biased though you might be i might I mean, be she might be anyway so thor is our main thor. character sorry yes we're getting way out thor um and then um part way through uh hulk mm-hmm. shows up and, and then, then valkyrie is like a what's her name valkyrie no that's her name no but that's what they call her yeah, she's Valkyrie's a Lena title. Thompson or something is the name her name in real life. Yeah, yeah, uh, Valkyrie's a title, not a name, but yeah. that's just well, what yes. they call her. They never call her her name. Yeah, they do. I thought that um, Ian was his face called her her name. No, he called her like a quest or my favorite. You're the best. <laughs> yeah, Scrapper one four seven or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Obviously not her name either, but, um, and then, um, so she's like semi adversarial, well, adversarial at the beginning, then she joins the team. It's like, I'm so glad you're going to give up drinking. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop drinking. I'm not going to stop drinking. (laughs) So amazing. Uh, and then, um, well, Hulk is also adversarial. Like Thor's like, like way out on his own right now. Yeah. (laughs) Cause it's like Loki's there. (laughs) It was adversarial. Yes. Uh, Hulk is adversarial stuck in in permanent hulk mode for a while adversarial valkyrie adversarial and then hella hella very adversarial she's our main bad guy the main bad guy followed by the second main bad guy of the uh overlord what's he called jeff goldblum oh the the mass the commander the grandmaster grandmaster yep the grandmaster good call also you listed up on your phone didn't you i did i've got imdb open there you go here you're prepared. I am not. Um, <laughs> anyway, the Grandmaster. Mm-hmm. And then there's some ancillary bad guys like Topaz, yeah. who's always trying to kill people. Mm-hmm. There's some There's some amazing... And Korg, you know. Korg is not adversarial, though. No, he's not. He's probably the least... At, the non- Korg is the stone man, yeah, for those who are made listening. Out of, made out of rook. Made out of rook. Okay, we need to... Anyway, so there's... So mainly, like, he gets really screwed over in this... <laughs> Yeah, he does in many um, ways, lots of ways. But he's they still manage on them. quite a bit. Yeah, he he's a really 
Surtur is another adversarial. Yeah, he's not really. He's in the very beginning, the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But so. yeah, no, they throw Thor out of his element, and that is a fantastic thing to do, especially in the third, in the third installment in a series. You take them from their comfort zone completely and make them, you know, mm-hmm. make them fight everything. Yep. It's a good takeaway, except it's not one of my main takeaways. There's another takeaway. There's a lot of takeaways in this one for me, for authors. Yeah. So, so yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, there is a lot of good... Um, so, yeah, he's got his back up against the wall for, like, most of this movie. He's mm-hmm. at a severe disadvantage. Mm-hmm. They even cut his hair, which... He I gets was... his hammer destroyed, like, right off the bat, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Which is a mistake One of, that I'll address later. <laughs> Why don't you just take king arthur's sword from him we'll 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 address it later (laughs) let's go on and talk about the opening scene i'm gonna say the opening scene is perfect 100 perfect because it sets the tone so you've got humor in there you've got danger you've got high stakes you know all sorts of things going on he's alone he's alone which mirrors a lot of the rest of the movie yeah exactly so it tells us what to expect it gives us the reader it gives us the promise the reader's promise you know surter the you know Armageddon, basically for for um, Asgard, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Yes, that, I'm like sitting there. I'm like, what's the word? There's a word for when Asgard gets destroyed. They have a whole word for it, just for itself. <laughs> Ragnarok. Anyway, it shows us the problems that'll come up, and this, you know, the setting. It basically gives us everything that we can look forward to throughout the movie, and they actually fulfill on pretty much everything in that opening scene, yes. which I was very impressed by, as an author who's very picky. Yes. And you're very picky and you're not an author. No. So, inciting incident. Um, Odin dying. That's what I put down, Odin's Boom. death. How far into the movie is that? It's quite far. It is, but it's it is a long movie. movie. It's like yeah. two and a half hours, isn't it? Yeah. No. There's some absolutely amazing, I just die over this movie. So, so many wonderful things like... Like Loki pretending to be Odin and throwing plays of of, of his death. <laughs> of how heroic he was and the statues of how heroic he was. And we'll talk about that. I don't want you spoiling any of my trivia because okay. the trivia is good. I'm excited about that. Do you have any comments on... <coughs> do you have any comments on antagonist, protagonist, or foreshadowing? Uh, no, I mean, they start with a prophecy and the prophecy gets fulfilled, Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, he thinks he's supposed to stop Ragnarok, but turns out he's supposed to cause Ragnarok. For a reason that's really stupid. And <laughs> and I'm pretty much okay with it. I, I do think they could have found a better way around it. Uh, it's a giant logic error. And I've talked about this being my least favorite. Um, during Skyline, it's the same problem Skyline has. Yes. Is that going to be one of your takeaways? Yes. Okay. So let's not talk okay. about it right now then. But I want to. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, dialogue. I say the dialogue is absolutely fantastic. Yes. Uh, it, it's very natural. Yeah. And it's It's, it's funny. funny. They're actually, they say funny things and they also do funny things. Yeah. There's all sorts of humor in it's this a, film. Yeah. There's some slapstick humor in there, physical, you know, humor. Yeah. Dialogue humor, situational yep. humor. Yeah. They cover all the humor bases. They do. Pretty uh, much. Uh, and there is no romance. I said no romance. Refreshing. I, oh, I said none and I'm still okay with the movie. <laughs> oh nolan okay so continuity and pacing i would say the pacing is excellent especially for a long movie yeah they they i mean they really alternate a lot between humor and action so there's always something and even the action has humor in it you know some of it does yeah so it even entertains you i mean it makes you you're like wow that was really cool action and then you laugh and then like, like like the part where hulk where banners like you know why you thought i was familiar well, no wonder, no more, or whatever. And he throws himself out of the ship and lands on the Bifrost, and it's him instead yeah, he just of Hulk. Face plants. <laughs> he's, he's like, because like, <laughs> he amazing. thought he would turn into the Hulk before he landed, and he, and he didn't. <laughs> so and that's awesome. in the middle of like a really tense battle scene. Yep. So amazing. Okay. Again, again, that's knowing you know knowing when to have those beats when it works and when it doesn't, because you could throw humor into the middle of a battle scene and then ruin the battle scene. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, they do a good job of knowing just when to put it in there, how much, you know. Yeah. And they're not afraid to just blow stuff up like ridiculous. No. Mm -mm. And things that you don't expect them to blow up to. I mean, you know, like right after that, Hulk starts like wrestling a 30 foot tall wolf. Which is, I kind of like the 30 foot tall wolf. Like bare-fisted, like, you know, body slams him and stuff. It's pretty great. Yeah. 
All right. So I'm going to say that this is an example. This contains multiple exempt excellent examples of the trifail cycle while they're trying to take down Hilla. Everything and everyone fails into the ultimate big bad guy that, you know, Thor's trying to stop. So like the first, the second, the third, all of their tries fell and they keep pulling out bigger and bigger guns. You know, the whole army of Asgard and Thor and the characters are finally willing to do the unthinkable to stop her. And this is a fantastic example. I don't know if this is going to be the last Thor movie or not. I kind of feel like it will be just because, you know, Asgard's destroyed and it had a... We haven't seen Infinity War, so we don't know. We don't know what happens next. But it did, it felt like this was a good last movie because, I mean, the ultimate bad guys, Hela, destroys your home world and you do the unthinkable to stop her. And that's what, that's what the climax of the end of the series is all about, in my opinion. And I mean, of course you can do the unthinkable, but they don't. Yeah. I mean, this was, this is the first time they, they pulled out all the stops, honestly. Yeah. Do you have any comments on plausible, implausible show tell? Uh, this whole movie's implausible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's, there's a few, I can't remember. I didn't make a note of it. Unfortunately, I didn't have, but they, there was something they said that I thought was ridiculous or it was like obvious. It wasn't a big deal because they only did it like once, you know, so but I was like, oh, you just said something like blatantly obvious, you know, like you didn't need to say that after you saw the thing happen, you know, like something blows up and they're like, oh, no, you know, like we're under attack. (laughs) It's like, oh, are we? (laughs) Thanks, Starcraft. Sorry. (laughs) Starcraft. I had had a bad Starcraft game today. Okay. (laughs) I was there. I was, I was there for it. Your forces, your, your forces are under attack. Yeah. And you're like, yes, I know. I see them. They're I'm, right there. I'm right here. Anyway, I, I don't see why you're saying this whole movie is implausible because Odin dying in glitter of gold. That's that's it, plausible. That's the way. That's, that's why my family dies. That's how I hope to go myself. Right. Long after my own coronation. <laughs> Long after. Oh, my gosh. What movie was it we were watching? Prince and Me. You're like, see, it's a coronation. See? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was after um, Johnny English. Yeah. My coronation's gonna be lit, so whatever. Gonna be lit RPG? No, just lit. That's what people say, or they said like two weeks ago, they probably don't anymore. <laughs> but I finally got to work it in, like, because it feels weird saying it at work. So. <laughs> okay. All right. So I've got a bunch of comments under the comedy tone, mood, colors, etc. Okay. So there is a huge and excellent contrast, example of contrast in this movie. The movie is bright, happy in every way. The music, the colors, the actors, the, even the immigrant song, it's a positive energy song. You know, it's not a negative, depressing song and it's awesomely used in this movie. So, but the thing is, it's the contrast is bright and happy despite two huge things odin dying and the fall of asgard so it's like they took these two big things and they're like we need to make we need there needs to be contrast in here otherwise nobody's going to want to see the movie kind of like sorry the dark knight i hate the dark knight it is a really good movie but i don't look forward to watching it over and over again it is a downer it's a very big downer batman is supposed to be the hero he's not the he's never been the hero yeah he has to the little the little detective and okay to Lois Lane. <laughs> you were just trying to hurt me on purpose. Now, <laughs> anyway, I know I know who Lois Lane isn't, and I know who she is. Amy Adams. She is not Amy Adams. She certainly is not. <laughs> she that was a terrible, terrible role for her. It Sorry. was oh so bad. She's, okay. I like I, like I love Adams. Amy Adams. I don't love Amy Adams. I just don't care. But she that was not. I I love her in like Leap Year. You know she's she's great at being a purse selling person in the office. You know she is not oh, great yeah. at being a hard nosed reporter. No, she's also not great at kissing Superman. <sighs> It's like watching siblings kiss. Have I ever said that? <laughs> like, it, like they, that's the amount of chemistry they had. Uh, no offense to sibling. And couples, no offense to the erotica writers who have siblings kissing. <laughs> yes. Well, they looked really uncomfortable. They doing did. It. it did. There's no chemistry between the two of them. No. Not even. I mean, even actors can pull that off who don't like each other. You yeah. Know? They thought they're like ew, gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cooties. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see. Climax epilogue resolution. Any comments on those? They were really cool. Explodey. Yeah. They, uh, they Hulk. Hulk monster. Hulk smash monster. No, Hulk. I want you to have... Don't smash. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get much bigger, like, and still wrap your head around what's happening, like blowing up like a whole realm or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. it's really big. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. I'm ready to give trivia. Are you ready for trivia? All right. So 80% of the movie was ad-libbed and improvised. Yeah. That's very typical of comedies. Yeah. They ver- they really like to improv. Like when Thor is, you know, like Valkyrie, you're like, what, what you're going to be part of my D? And he's like raising his arm up to lean casually against the thing. And then he's like, he doesn't have a place to put his arm. So he's like awkwardly. And then he finally puts it to his side. Great. Great comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thought you were going to say yeah, yeah, no, um, I mean, that, that, that's typical of comedies, though. They really do a lot of ad-libbing, a lot of uh, improv. Yeah. Yeah, so apparently that the the way the the way the director did it he 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 designed Chris Hemsworth's part to showcase his natural abilities as a comedian. He did good. Yeah, he did yeah, really I'd good. I never thought of him as com- I mean he just done comedic things as Thor, but he yeah. really uh, he did a good job. Yeah, it was great. It was so awesome. He should do more comedies. I know I agree. Yeah. As well, Thor, he should come work out with me. Oh, should he okay. teach you his Ways. I was going to teach him, but <laughs> <laughs> Nolan, you are quite ripped. But I think no, that... I'm not. <laughs> I think that they can't see you. They don't know. Oh yeah, no, I look. I'm amazing. <laughs> I am a bronze statue, basically come to life. Yeah, <laughs> and with some clothes on. Thank mo- goodness. Most of the time. Most yeah. of the time. Not all the time. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's impossible. Never mind. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so this is the first time the Hulk was not voiced by Lou Fer- Ferrigno. Ferrigno. That's not how you say it. It's That's Italian. How you say it in America. Yeah, Ferrigno. Ferrigno. Okay, sorry. Not all of us speak Italian. <laughs> um, but. That's that's crazy because he's actually done. He's he's voiced the Hulk in all of the other Marvel movies. Hmm. This is the first time he hasn't, which sad. is sad. It is sad. It's Why? I don't know. It hurts my feelings now. Maybe it's because they didn't want to pay. Maybe maybe Chris, um, Ruff, Mark Ruffalo, maybe he was a jerk and insisted on it so they could get more money. His voice sounds weird. It does. It's computerized. and It, it sounds all like someone auto-tuned it to heck and gone. Yeah. And it's a little digitally sounding. It, it is. That bothers it's a little, me. It's a little grating. If you pay attention, maybe you don't. I don't. I don't see how anybody wouldn't notice that, though. We know the sound things more than a lot of other people, I guess. Okay okay so Kate Blanchett accepted the role of Hela because her kids said it would be a career boost they're not wrong all the hobbits and were garbage so she needed to redeem herself in my eyes at least <laughs> I just I thought it was funny because her kids are fans of the movie and she's like okay now what <laughs> <laughs> this Thor thing what are you talking about and they're like you should play on the and I thought she did a really good she's job also hilarious and scary in this movie? In this yeah, movie. Yeah, no, she's fun. I really like her in this movie. Well, you listening? Weren't you listening? Whoever you are. Whoever you are, wherever you come from. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After she gave a whole big long speech about... Who she was and where she came from. Yes. I'm Odin's firstborn and I'm the... The heir, the rightful heir of this kingdom and... Whoever you are. And where have you come from? What you, whoever you are. <laughs> she's indignant about... <laughs> where have what you... What are you just listening? <laughs> anyway, um, Korg is played by the director... Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, he voices him and everything. Okay. Pretty cool. And the director actually is the motion animation behind Surtur. Cool. Yeah. So that's a pretty big cameo by a director. Yeah. <laughs> I love Korg. I think he's great. Hey, man. <laughs> um, Thor was on a strict diet and he worked out six, seven days a week and consumed 6,000 calories a day. And they didn't actually say how many time, how long he worked out each day. I'm guessing it was more than five or 10 minutes, though. He's got me beat by a couple minutes then. <laughs> I'm sure. It was probably uh, two or three hours, maybe yeah. four, up to some of them do. Yeah. yeah. I know, um, what's his face? Wolverine. Um, Viggo Mortensen. No. Oh, geez. Not even close. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman was working out like four hours a day for like some of the Wolverine movies right before. You know, I, I wonder sometimes why I'm not that dedicated. And then I realize it's because my body is not my career. And if I got jobs, if I got readers based on how I look, I would take it a lot more seriously. It's a very physically forgiving line of work. (laughs) Being a writer is. (laughs) It is. Readers don't have to know what I look like. Go to any convention. I mean, uh, (laughs) there I go again. Sorry. Yeah, we're not going to, we're not going down that road again. 
I apologies mean, to all the authors and the writers that get a treadmill desk maybe actually i'm working on doing that i yeah, really yeah. i want one um i dictate my book so i do a lot of walking when i'm dictating but then revising sitting is, is sitting all sitting day is long bad for you so bad for you i do it like 10 hours a day so i know yeah we're gonna by the way do a podcast episode someday on how to be healthy and fit as a writer and we're gonna spend the whole thing talking about ways to make a lot of writers think about that you'll give like different workouts and things like that that people can do and i'll talk about what i do to stay fit which right now stressful i have gained like 15 pounds in the last six months to a year and it's kind of stressful after losing 55 pounds it's hard to gain 15 back it's such a happy thought um let's see goldblum uh, jeff goldblum was previously considered for the role of hulk in the new marvel hulk movies mm-hmm. and so when he says the big guy i personally I have a personal connection to Aye. it's because he was actually considered for the part of hulk i don't think he would have been good no i really like him as uh the grandmaster though yeah he's fantastic as the grandmaster I was a little taken aback at first. I was like, eh, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I can't take him seriously. I'm like, His shirt's not off even once. Really around a button even one time. It's true. <laughs> uh, the last bit of trivia is, let's see, make sure that is the last bit. And I didn't tell you this because I wanted your, your, your real reaction to it. I don't mostly tell you trivia anyway, but the director cited as a major influence on the film... Big Trouble in Little China. Yes. <laughs> they they mentioned it multiple times. Big Trouble in Little China um, was a huge influence for him on this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Thor losing his truck, getting, oh. needing to get his truck back, you know, yeah. just like Kurt Russell. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. That's a very similar tone of movie. Yeah, I agree. Where there's like... Horror and comedic yeah. elements. Uh, yeah. Action, horror. Yeah. Scary monsters and uh, <laughs> ridiculous humor. Yeah. I, I do like that movie. Not as much as this one. I apologize. Well, it's older. I mean, it's, you know, obviously there's they, we, the movie technology is as advanced well, in the past. Yeah, I wouldn't even years. say that it was the movie technology reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the one chick with the green eyes isn't really Asian. No, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm talk. I'm ready to talk about the biggest takeaways. Okay. You want to go first? So now I don't know how to make a nice transition into what we were going to talk about because I had to take just take a nose blowing break. So go ahead, Nolan, with your top three things. Yes. Um, here we go. Uh, actually I actually have like four. So one's more of like a comment. I'll just get it away. Um, Thor gets shocked a lot in this. That's dumb. Oh, you're right. Because he's, he's the god of god thunder. Of thunder and shoots lightning out of his hands, and then they spend the whole but movie electricity shocking. is different from lightning. They spend the they spend the whole movie <laughs> totally shocking him, me. keeping him, uh, keeping him compliant by shocking him. Yeah, Ben Franklin would be uh, ashamed and embarrassed. I'm ashamed and embarrassed at this gigantic logic error. Shame on you, movie makers. Shame on you. Even though I love this movie still, <laughs> so I guess it didn't bother me that much. Um, that that bothers me. That's not really a takeaway. That's just kind of silly. Like that didn't make sense to me. Okay, this is another one. Another logic error? No, this one's just my opinion, really. Or takeaway? Takeaway. Um, pay attention to aesthetics. Stop having stupid helmets, Asgard. I'm glad you're dead. Which I'm helmets are ugly? Everyone in Asgard. Oh, I don't Hela's like helmet. Thor's. Um, Thor's is okay. Hela's is dumb. Every soldier in Asgard's is dumb. I've never even noticed theirs. I've noticed Hela's because like, I was They like, look like beetles. They have the round things. Oh, yes. And, like, and Loki's helmet's dumb. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. The big curly horns. Yeah. Isn't that the way it was in the comics, though? Yeah. Yep. And also dumb there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Asgard's just known for looking silly. Yeah. I would, I mean, I'd get a Their architect laugh. is pretty amazing. Architecture. The architecture's fine. Um, I don't like their ships because they actually look like literal ships. And I just think that's silly. But, but I mean, that's how ships are built. No, but they're like wooden plank boats. Like it's just kind of silly. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't like their helmets, and I don't know how that helps you as an author, but <laughs> I feel strongly about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to make that work for authors. This is the biggest takeaways for authors. For authors, um, yeah. Well, I said pay attention to your your aesthetics. Okay. Like it's really know, hard to describe, describe things to be cool instead of describe things to be dumb. <laughs> 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 oh geez yeah. um uh d- um 
things. Uh, another thing, uh, don't break up iconic duos. Like Banner and Hulk? No, like duo. King Arthur and Excalibur. Oh, I see what you're saying. Not like people duos, but... Yeah, like just uh, let's just break... Like there are many examples of historical figures with items of power that they are closely associated with. And they just casually break his hammer and then, oh, wait, he's still got powers because the power's inside you all along. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm I mock okay that. with them. I mock that. I think it's fine for them to, like, take away their magical item. No, it's fine to take it away. Mm-hmm. They should be able to, they should get have a back. trial where they, they they go without it. Yeah. And they grow as a person without it. And then yeah. when they get it back, you know, then they've, they're even better. Yeah. But I mean, Thor without his hammer and then still having his like powers is doesn't make sense. I so mean, explain, he has some power on his own. Explain why him him needing his hammer and needing power, all that. Why? Why does that bother you that they took away his hammer besides the fact that it's iconic? That's why. That's the whole reason. Okay, because yesterday you were giving me like no, he that's gets the other his power that's from the other his... reason. That's a whole other thing. Oh, I thought you were saying you get, he got his power from his hammer. He he doesn't necessarily. I mean, he is the god of thunder, so it's fine that he doesn't get all his power from his hammer, and then he can okay. shoot lightning on his own. That I don't have a problem with. Okay. But I mean, you didn't have to break his hammer because, like, Thor has a hammer. a hammer. Yeah. Like that's who he is. Yeah. So then, like, drawing Thor without a hammer is just dumb. It's like Tony without his technology. Sure. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, he's Iron Man. So. Spider Man without his webs permanently taken away. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, oh, I can't swing now. I mean, like, for a while, that's fine, but, like, forever? Yeah. That's dumb. Yeah. So maybe he gets another hammer. I don't know, but... We haven't watched Infinity War. Yeah. Anyway, Infinity. not loving it. You know, Captain America without a shield, which does happen, and it's fine for a while, and they give him some other stupid ones, but, you know, anyway. People don't like it, unless they get it back, and then you're like, oh, thank goodness, you know, mm-hmm. he's reunited with his, you know, whatever. <clears throat> A gunfighter without a gun. Reunited with his whatever. whatever. Yeah, whatever it happens to be. Oh, yeah. You know, someone has a lucky, you know, revolver, a cowboy or something like that, Mm -hmm. or a lever gun or whatever. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Well. And then you've seen other movies like that where it's happened and they get it back and they're like, something bigger and better. That's true. I mean, I don't know. It's, It's also based on like legends, so. Yeah, that's true too, actually. It's just. You know, there's a lot of history wound up, bound up in it. Yeah. To break. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't care for that choice. No. Um, he could have discovered his power after his hammer was taken away because she, they have a picture of Hela holding the hammer. Mm-hmm. She could have just confiscated it when yeah. he threw it at her. She could be like, oh, that's mine. And then like pocketed it. Yeah. I think and it's then, more powerful that she broke it though, personally. I mean, it shows how powerful she is right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But also, now he doesn't have a hammer, and he's supposed to have a hammer, because... Maybe just... he goes back to Finland or Norway or whatever, and picks up picks up all the pieces and builds it himself. That would be fine. Yeah. That would be fine. Um, and then makes it, you know, like, more better. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, number three. Wait, that was... four, I guess. Oh. Um, don't invalidate your premise. <laughs> let me be... Let me be close to the mic. When I say this, <laughs> don't invalidate your premise. Okay? <laughs> You're so serious. I'm that. so deadly serious. <laughs> anyway, explain. What do you mean? So they make a big deal about breaking Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you didn't need the hammer. The power was inside you all along, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then they make another big deal about how Hela and he gets his power from Asgard, mm-hmm. the, the realm of Asgard. Mm-hmm. When Hela arrives on Asgard, she powers up and becomes pretty much invincible. Yeah. Same with Thor, I guess. He's supposed to derive his power from Asgard. Mm-hmm. The only way to defeat Hela... Is to destroy Asgard. ...to cut off her power, which means you would also cut off... Thor's power. But then they say... Asgard is a people, not a place. And then she doesn't kill all the people. Yeah. So she still So Asgard has power. is a place, I guess... And then they're like, no, it's people. Well, does he get his power from the people or from the place? Asgard. Because it's the same for her. Right. So, but they still decide to go blow, but they're like, Asgard is a people, and then they take the people off of Asgard, and then they blow up Asgard to destroy her power, mm-hmm. but that would also destroy his power. Yep. But Asgard is a people, not a place. And I was like, mm, logic error. That's a pretty big logic error. Yeah. So their whole plan was dumb. <laughs> This is one of when the director goes, oh, yeah, I hope nobody notices. <laughs> yeah, and nobody did, I guess. Just me. 
No, I'm sure people it. have. Noticed. I haven't heard anybody ranting about it like yeah. me. Yeah. But I was like, okay, is Asgard a people or a place or both or what's going on right now? Because like you have to destroy Asgard to destroy Hela, to destroy their power. But then Thor's probably still powerful, I assume. Mm-hmm. I don't know because you don't really get to see him do anything after that because that's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he still has powers or whatever. Yeah. I guess the power's inside him all along anyway. This is, which is fine, but is kind of cliche. I don't know. It kind of drives me nuts. <laughs> well, I mean, making a big deal of it is cliche. You can have power inside you all along. It's just don't don't be like the power's inside you all along. Just say, you know. Yeah, I mean, power. They have like, power. Yeah, he runs around with the, the the hammer and then like, oh, don't worry. You never needed it anyway. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> you needed to break things. Okay, it's cool. And you needed to break things. Anyway, but yeah, they invalidate the premise and that like the logic at the end there where it's like, I don't know. Seems like sloppy storytelling to me. If it weren't, I mean, if it weren't for the fact that the rest of the movie is so well done, you know, if the rest of the story was that kind of writing, then the movie would have flopped. Yeah. And and, like, it doesn't really continge on that either because it's like right at the end and like. But it's how they defeat Hela. So. Yeah, well, I mean, she kind of gets killed by a giant flaming sword the size of a mountain, so... I love Surtur. He's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. Um, So maybe that's what killed her, and, like, they didn't have to destroy Asgard, but he does it as he's destroying Asgard, because he, like, is punching holes in Asgard, so... Yeah. Anyway, the other example of this is um, Skyline, where Mm -hmm. the aliens stick people's brains in their machines to run them. And then then somebody... self-heals. And then somebody kills it with an axe <laughs> and then it still moves and then like doesn't have a brain in it anymore and then yeah i guess you don't need brains <laughs> yeah and i was like well then what's the whole point of them sticking brains in their machines and then they start moving and then you remove a brain and it doesn't stop moving i would say that's a bigger error than this one yeah yeah anyway you're invalidating the premise because that's like the whole like motivation of like the bad guys they're doing that the whole movie and then you find out i guess it didn't matter after all and yeah. you're like what it feels right. like that it feels like that to me and i don't like it i'm gonna go on to my top take top take us big a ways okay <laughs> well said <laughs> i am not a public speaker as the listeners of this podcast know <laughs> i'm not a public speaker all right so timing is everything this show has perfect comedy pretty much things um so basically things are delivered when they should be don't interrupt your jer- jokes with narrative unless the narrative will make it more funny hmm. so concentrate on like making your jokes delivering the um what is it called the end of a joke punchline the punchline at the right place you know pacing is very important when it comes to jokes so pay attention to how you're pacing your jokes and then next thing is there are a lot of haters for this movie yeah there are i mean they're not they're not a majority but there are there's a very vocal minority that thought it was too funny and did not like the movie because of that Mm. so my point with that is even the most perfect piece of work even a masterpiece will have haters yes i do love this movie um you need ignore people that hate your books because you are going to find people who hate your books. So ignore them. You're going to have plenty who love your books. And so, I mean, you have to find an audience and then make that audience happy. Yeah. Your audience isn't going to be 100% of people. It's a fractional percent of people. Exactly. And stay true to what you want to write, what you love, because your audience will love what you write because of that. Yeah. I mean, even like really famous people, like most people have never read a Stephen King book ever. Um, I haven't. Yeah. I mean, just like survey the entire country. Yep. It'll be a few percent. Yep. And he's like one of the best selling authors in the world. Yeah. yeah. Today. And, and I don't ever plan on reading any of his books. Uh, Harry Potter, you know, I whatever. Read Harry Potter. More, but still most people have not read it. Yeah. I mean, 51% of the United States has not read Harry Potter. Yeah. 10, 5. Of readers in the United of States. Of readers, of people. Just, yeah, even people that actually like actively seek out books to read. Most readers haven't read it. Mm-hmm. Crazy to think about how how well they're doing. Yeah, no kidding. Um, with most people haven't read your book, you know, and you're going to be the same way. Yeah, so target your book. Make sure it's something that you enjoy. Well, And again, I mean... There are people who write books and do very, very well off of books that they don't enjoy and don't enjoy writing and don't enjoy reading. I'm I'm gearing my comments more to people who want to love what they write, you know, 
write what you love. It's easier. It is. It's easier. Well, sometimes. I mean, some people can throw out, you know, romance. I would say that romance is probably the main genre that people turn to when they're not writing what they're in love with. Because if they write a fast romance, you can make money writing fast romances. But fantasy and science fiction, it tends to take somebody who loves the genre to do it and to do, especially to do it well. Yeah. Anyway, so ignore the haters. Ignore, don't read your negative reviews. I mean, I read my negative reviews in the beginning because I wanted to learn from them, but I don't read them anymore. Because I don't want to learn anymore. No, (laughs) no, it's because there's, I mean, they're not going to teach me anything. I know where my weaknesses are and I'm working on them and my strengths are somebody else's weaknesses meaning some people look at my my strengths and they think they're weaknesses anyway so that's my second takeaway then my third takeaway is readers absolutely love it when their favorite characters make a comeback and i'm not i mean in this movie um do we have any comebacks i mean hulk comes back loki comes comes back back. there's the main character i'm not talking about the main character i'm talking about side characters yeah so but the example i want to use specifically when loki is acting as odin and he puts on a play (laughs) um the guy who plays the part of loki is matt damon yes so that's that's a toss out you know that's a little shout out to any matt damon fans they're like hey look there's matt damon you know and odin is sam neill from jurassic park you know grant and then thor is luke hemsworth (laughs) which is amazing that thor plays his brother (laughs) you know that his brother thor's brother plays thor anyway so if you're writing a series like don't don't hesitate to pull in characters that are earlier in the series into later books yeah fans like easter eggs and stuff like that yeah you don't i don't i don't every book does not need to include every single character because it's not special you know i mean it's okay to have a take a break for a few books from one character you know and i did that with my with sanso you know you remember sanso he's like he's an ember god so basically he's a He's kind of like a dragon, but he's not a dragon. It's my version of dragons. He he pulses fire from his hands and feet, and he's quite sassy, and he's quite a villain. And then he ends up having to team up with my main character in, like, book seven, you know, of a different series. And he hits on her. And my readers who read my books, you know, all of my books, they, they loved it. It was a lot of fun. He's quite sassy and very flirtatious. I had a lot of fun writing those scenes. He's my second favorite character. Your favorite is? Azariah. Azariah, the the cranky guy. <laughs> he's powerful and he's about Nolan's age and he's very, 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 very cranky. He's modeled after me. Not intentionally because she wrote him before she met me. <laughs> I was going to say, no, he's not. <laughs> um, yeah, she wrote him before she met me, but she basically wrote me. <laughs> As a character. She knew I was coming into her life and she intuited a character based on me. Yeah, you have very long black hair. I could you couldn't i wouldn't let you (laughs) (laughs) the character i actually based on you is austin who was a jerk to nicole when she first met him you weren't a jerk to me per se but you were a jerk (laughs) you were a jerk (laughs) that's why i deal with the contractors (laughs) (laughs) yes the stupid handyman to give an example of what we're having to deal with these handymen one of them's like, oh, I flip houses to like 200 houses a year. He's a handyman who flips houses. And he's like, let me know if you need any guidance. I'll let you know what's selling and what's working right now and what's not working. And I'll let you know if your plans will actually work or not. That's fine information to volunteer. Uh, it's fine information to but volunteer. It was like, but it was, it was more of a takeover. It was. He was trying to take yeah. over. Like, no, don't do that. No, yes, you do that. Anyway, so he ended up being a complete pig. And we didn't end up even hiring him at all because we were like hey we got this other guy who's gonna work great yeah not you can expound on that if you want to just show up and finish the job <laughs> especially when you're paid by task you're like okay that'll be four hundred dollars you wouldn't you want to get it done fast as fast so as possible paid? just a, a side note i did construction waste removal which is like the worst construction job you can imagine you were pretty ripped though i was and um <laughs> I was paid by the board foot to remove the waste from wherever. I didn't know that. Interesting. So I made $25 an hour when I was 19, 20 years ago, because I got it done quickly. Yeah. So I was making like 50 Gs out of high school pretty much without any education. 
semi high school diploma, which I didn't need. <laughs> yeah, no, this guy, he, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, Monday, we're on for Monday for sure, 100%, right? And he goes, yeah, we're on for Monday. And then like Sunday night, he's like, so when are you going to need me this week? And I'm like, like uh, soft Monday? Was that a soft Monday? Yeah. And I was like, no, it was a solid. He's like, well, I filled up the day because I hadn't heard from you. And I'm like, I told you on text and on a phone call that we were doing Monday for sure. Yeah. So then he shows up and he doesn't bring all the tools he needs. And he doesn't realize that what he, what he, he's like plumbing. I'm like, plumbing is straightforward. You go in, you see the type of pipes, you see where you need to move them and what kinds of pipes you need to cut and, you know, pecs and all that stuff and apply them and all that. And he's, he comes and he's like, goes to a plumbing store and he buys $333 worth of stuff. And then half of it he doesn't need because he didn't realize that it wasn't what he needed. So we've got all this stuff at our, at the house that we have to return. Anyway, sorry, this is a big long aside. Be competent. How does this help authors? How does this help authors? Um, hiring contractors, seriously, working with editors, you know, yeah. don't pay them up front. Pay them, when the, pay them when the job is complete, you know? And we didn't pay him up front. Get in writing everything that you're going to do. You need to get things in writing. And that's something that Nolan's mom reminded me of today. And I'm like, she's right. I did get all this in writing, but I don't care anymore. I'm not going to make him stick to what he said he's going to do because he's a painful, painful person to work with. So he's going to get less work. Pretty much. We're not working with him again. Be good to work with. That's just a general life. Uh, <laughs> That's a general life rule. Yeah. Anyway. And if you're not going to show up, tell them why ahead of time, not after you're already late. Oh, yeah. Yes. You're supposed to go, what time today? Nine in the morning. And yeah. He didn't show up until when? I don't know. He was there when I got there at three and he said he would have been done hours before that. So I don't think he showed up then because he didn't do that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had the boards cut. But anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So that house has been exciting. Uh, it's been a learning curve for us. It's our first house flipping, so. Yep. If you know any good handymans in our area, handymans. Which you don't know. Which you don't know what our area is. Nor should, nor should you ever. Stalkers. <laughs> when, when I ask you where can people find you, you always say in their dreams or in their, by their window. That's me stalking window, them. Looking one, in their window. It's fine when I do it. <laughs> Listen, that's, nobody likes That's a double it, standard. Though. Yeah, it is. So what? <laughs> At least you recognize it. <laughs> I'm completely comfortable with hypocrisy. <laughs> Only from yourself, not from other people. Oh, brother. Anyway, so what did we say was next week? Lars and the Real Girl. Oh, Excellent. I. it's a great movie. It is an indie film shot mostly in Canada. I keep trying to get Adam to watch it at work. Really? He hasn't seen it? Most people haven't seen it. <laughs> He's like, hey, bro, what? You need to watch, watch uh, Lars and the Real Girl. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's about this guy who gets a... A doll. A sex doll. <laughs> oh, then, we don't want to give people the bad. He's got, he's like got mental problems. And so he, he buys a sex doll and he actually thinks that she's real and alive. And, and, and he, she's his he's girlfriend. very, yeah, he does nothing naughty happens at all. And he just like treats her like a real person. Yeah. It's an amazing movie. Like a it real is, girl. Yeah. Lars and the real girl. It is a really, really good, great movie. And, yeah. He, he uses her to interact with the world since he can't do it directly himself. Yep. yep. So. So we'll talk about that next week. Yep. And then Jurassic World 2. I'm so sad Jurassic World comes out this weekend and we're not watching it. No, we're not. Anyway, we should end this podcast. Fine, we're done. Episode, not podcast, yeah. the episode. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what I'm... That's fine. <laughs> All right, so where can people find you? You know, the silence... You told me not to be creepy anymore. I've got <laughs> nothing if I don't got that. <laughs> I was going to say, this, the long silence is going to get cut out of most everybody's. You can find me digging through your trash. You've said that one before. I? Yeah. <laughs> I'm running out of... I don't know, man. You can't find me. Not, <laughs> I don't exist. I'm just a mirage. You dreamed this happening. This isn't real. <laughs> what? I, I am... I'm, I'm like giddy laughing i'm I, I so know, tired we're not doing so good right <laughs> but we did the podcast we did it we did it we're miserable but we did it yeah we I mean, did not it doing the podcast is the, not doing miserable. the podcast was fun but being sick and tired yeah and doing the podcast we did it we okay? did it for you the people, anyway the guess person. what i totally forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode what and for those people who have not stuck through to the end they're gonna miss out we are doing a sell on my big bang oh, promotions yeah. course yeah so Coupon code just because go to selfpublishedstrongcourses.com and click on enroll and enter in the coupon code just because. And if you can't enter it in, let me know and I will refund half the course. I've had to do that a couple times now. Huh. But yeah, so go ahead and do that and support the podcast. Yeah, go to patreon.com forward slash self Leave a review. 
Oh, yeah. Leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher and wherever else. Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) You know how long it's going to take them to get that out of people's vocabulary? Forever. Because how long have they been around? Um, 15 years, I guess. Yeah, it's never going to go away. It's branding. It's hard to shake it. We talked about that. It is. In a previous podcast. Yeah. All right. So if you have a question, email me at Andrea at selfpublishedstrong.com. And if you have a question for Nolan, email me at Andrea Pearson. Andrea, what is my name? Andrea. Pearsonbooks.com. No, Andrea at selfpublishedstrong.com. Oh, yeah. That was so funny. I'm so tired that I just thought I gave away my, my real name, <laughs> my legal name. Like, no, Andrea Pearson's my, my, that's my, my name. It's my author name, not my legal name. All right. That's the end of the podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Are you still listening? <laughs> you, just, you shouldn't listen to us anymore. You shouldn't listen to us anymore. All right, we're, we're seriously done now. Yeah, bye, everyone. Bye.